Welcome to another successful victory post-game episode of Banditland Boulevard. I'm, of course, one of your co-hosts, Trevor Howard, and with me is Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL, and a special guest for the first time on this show, our good buddy Kyle Garrison, to talk about the big Buffalo Bandits victory over the Albany Firewolves in overtime 12-11 to in Albany. How's it going, you guys? Let's start with, let's start with you, Tony. How you doing? Oh, man, you want to talk about being loud and proud for these guys. My God, heart attack to the very end. But again, the the top team in the league showed you why they're the best. So there you go. Take a home of victory, and we're 9-1 and one for the season. I cannot not say wow to so many levels of how good that game was that night. And Kyle, how, how are you doing, bro? I'm doing excellent. I, I wish I could make the road trips. Uh, but having kids, it's not always the easiest, but man, I used to go to so many games. I was so excited to watch, uh, this past weekend. I, I, the team is, I've been going for so long. This team, even when missing pieces like Steve Friello just looks absolutely phenomenal. The best team I've seen. No, absolutely. I I think this is definitely one of the best teams I've I've ever seen personally being born in 2000. I've watched the 2008 team. I've watched the 2016. 2010 was pretty good. 2009 was pretty good. 2019, of course, but I think this is probably the best team or the most complete team that I've seen in quite a long time, probably since 2008, right around the last time they won the title. But let's just get right into this game real quick. Um, Mm -hmm. The Bandits... It was it was getting a little bit uh, close, you know, in that first half, you know, tying four to four at the end of the first quarter and then only leading by one going into halftime. You knew right away that this game was going to be just completely, you know, close the whole way. It was definitely going to be back and forth. And, you know, we said the key players to watch, Tony, we said on the pregame where we said uh, Joey Rezateritz was a key player to watch. He scored mm-hmm. a lot of goals and he currently leads the NLL in goals right now. Ryan Banesh and rightfully so. Um, you know, against us scoring a lot of goals, they had they had some pretty great nights. And but you know, you got to look at the secondary scoring. Who was one of the guys that I mentioned on the pregame show that needs to get on the score sheet and did, Mr. Josh Byrne. Josh he, Byrne. he did he did some great things. You know, especially just tallying up tallying up some points. And real quick, just on some little little bit of stats here, real quick. The Bandits were three for three on the power play. So they cashed mm-hmm. in on every single opportunity when they went to the box. They were 100% on the power play. You can't ask for much better than that. Yeah, going. Especially with that five minute major uh, to Tahoka, that really opened up the scoring for the Buffalo Bandits power play unit. And boy, oh boy, did we needed to take advantage of the situation at that very moment. Because Albany, I don't know, from the last time that they were here in Buffalo at the Key Bank Center, they really were showing some sparks of, uh, of scoring uh, at will. And again, having that power play and especially to keep calm when things looked bad and that just sparked the power play unit to really start scoring and boy I'll take a perfect three for three any given day for the Buffalo Bandits to, to contribute especially with Josh Byrne finally getting his goals going uh, after what like three games and now he's starting to get that rhythm back and that's good that's what we need out of Josh Byrne we called it out personally that Josh Byrne needed to score today uh, that game so I'm glad he did and uh, look what happened he came out uh, I think he finished off with two Yes. Yep. Yeah. Can, I, can I just say that, like, when when the game's close, the Bandits, even though it was getting a little chippy, nothing crazy, stayed mm-hmm. out of the box. They That's had, right. what, four penalties on the night. And the that most was it. I was in shock. Stay out of the box when it's that close. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was very impressed by the way, like, you know, how disciplined that they stayed because it was getting chippy towards the end of the last time they faced against each other. I thought that might boil and, and kind of spill into this, this whole new game over in Albany, you know, with the whole business with Jameson putting a stick up in Dane Smith's face towards the end of that game. Mm -hmm. I thought that was going to go into this one, but they did a pretty good job of staying out of the penalty box. Um, but it was very physical the whole way. And, uh, but the bandits though, I mean, clear cut and dry winners of this one, not on the score sheet, but on the shots on goal, they had 54 to Albany's 37. They, they absolutely destroyed in the shots on that as well as, um, Time, time on attack as well. Getting into some mm. of the game leaders here, Dane Smith obviously leading the scoring with three goals for the Bandits, and mm -hmm. Joey Rezaterra Joey scoring four. Um, Dane Smith also led in assists with five to Ryan Benesh's three. Matt Vince made 26 saves. Doug Jamison, even though he gave up 12 goals, made a, he had a great night stopping 42 shots. And mm -hmm. Ian McKay, it seems like we see this category all the time. He always leads in loose balls. He scooped up nine of those. This mm -hmm. game and Matt Spanger causing three turnovers um, is your stat line for there. But I think, you know, as far as, as this game goes, I really was not surprised by the outcome. I believe that my score prediction was 11-9. I thought it was going to be close and chippy the whole mm -hmm. way through. Uh, Kyle, I'm not really sure what your score prediction was, but it had to be somewhat close to this 12-11 finish. Yeah, I was I was at about 12-10, to be honest, uh, right going up. into it. Um uh, pretty much everyone who I thought was going to show both on both sides showed, you know what I mean? Uh, mm -hmm. You talked about Josh Byrne getting on the score sheet again, not just on assist, but actually mm -hmm. putting the ball in the net. Um, you know, Natico, he's just, man, he, he could be rookie of the year. The kid is not could, crazy. will, not could, will. <laughs> it's a certain will be rookie of the year. You know, and even on, even on Albany side, seeing, Terrace going crazy and you know Benny Benny he has a soft spot in my heart I Benny in the Jets yeah but yeah exactly you know but God, he still uh, got it it, it. it was it, it was great seeing the guys like I said it's just you know the best team that I've seen a best complete team that I have seen in, in years if not ever uh in my history with the team as far as watching and being there live you know and as of right now, the Bandits are really making good headway, especially in the, you know, throughout the entire league, but the Eastern Division especially, they are only five wins away from tying their franchise record in most wins in a season when they went 14-4 and four in 2019, ended up going to the championship. Um, but I, I think that, you know, they still have that momentum going. And, you know, even though the referees, and I put this out on Bandits Mafia Facebook page, like – Something needs something still needs to be done with these officials because they're very inconsistent. Um, mm -hmm. John Tavares had to use his challenge flag. I believe it was a record setting four four times, was it? Three or four times? All in the first quarter. <laughs> All yeah. in the first quarter, and he threw one out, apparently too late, so that one didn't even count. Um there was one that was reviewed on a goal where he may have stepped in the crease. I really wasn't sure. Yeah, but they said it was inconclusive, unfortunately. And it was inconclusive. And then uh, he used the challenge on the goal where Frazier jumped from behind to stay out of the crease. That was a mm -hmm. great play, great heads-up play from him. And, uh, you know, it was also great to see John Tavares a little bit animated there on the bench, too. I mean, I really don't see yeah. all that um, all that anger and all that emotion coming from John Tavares. He usually keeps it in-house. But, 
you know, from your guys' perspective, did you guys see him on the bench? And was he, uh, I mean, I saw him mouthing some things that I can't repeat on this show <laughs> on the, uh, on the ESPN plus broadcast, but uh, you know, how animated was he in person standing up on the bench on the boards? What was he doing? Well, basically, well, in my view, because I was only a row behind him, he was all over, back and forth, getting the ref's attention, trying to say something, getting like, hey, this is what the rules are based on. You have to follow what's based. You guys can't just pick and choose what you think is right. You got to go by the rules that is applied to you guys. And again, he was, uh, the way he was trying to sit and talk face-to-face with the referee, and I couldn't really tell until they had him on the Jumbotron, that he was telling them, when you... We have about 20 to 30 seconds after the play. Even if you guys get the face off going, you have a shot to challenge no matter what. And that's why they're like, oh, we don't give you another challenge because the play has already started. No, in the rules, it does state by 30 seconds of the time after the fact, you can make the challenge again. So that's why he was barking at the refs and the refs pretty much said, all right, we've had enough of your mouth. So they were trying to walk away, trying to get this game continually going. But again, Johnny T was... Letting them know, you got to know the rules before you even go out there and put the shirt on and blow the whistle, whatever you guys do. So again, I'm proud that Johnny T sticks up for this team because look at how good they have been ever since off the gate. Yeah, okay, we lost to Toronto. Big deal. We don't. We, we, we don't even need that. Still on top. We don't even need that undefeated talk anymore. I mean, that no. would just put that would just put more pressure on them <clears> anyway. So um, it's it's Absolutely. kind of a bittersweet game mm-hmm. that with it that is. loss against Toronto, and it, it wasn't in front of any fans, so you didn't really hear a lot of trash talk. But yeah, that's true. You know, Tony, you were talking about John Tavares and just how he was so animated and this, that, the other. What about? Mm-hmm. I think it came out at the end of the game, near the end of regulation, when he called out an illegal uniform on yes. Albany. Yep. Yeah, I didn't even see that. What was that. that about? So there was about four or five guys from Albany who mm-hmm. apparently had um, illegal uniform. So during the last minute or even the last possession by Albany in regulation, okay, they had, they had scoring threats that were in the locker room changing because they were wearing white spandex and it's not allowed by the league. Right. Wow. I didn't know that. And that is the same penalty as, as a legal stick. And I believe according to the rules, well, at least in college lacrosse, NCAA field lacrosse, it's a five minute penalty and it's non-releasable or they could get, they can get a 10 minute misconduct and be thrown out of the game. But that is weird. They looked Hmm. into that, but Kyle, you know this more than I do. So I'll, I'll let you continue. Yeah, please. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I don't know too much into it. I've reached out to uh, both the NLL uh, on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. some local guys uh, from the radio broadcast, and in between the benches, Dave Buchanan, a little shout-out there, buddy. Um, but, like, you know, I, I've, I've got a little bit about it, but I know a couple years ago, Josh Byrne, now I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but he was mm-hmm. wearing, I believe, like Nike um, tights, under his under his uniform and they mm-hmm. were the league at the time was sponsored by um, ad pro under or was it ad pro or ad under pro or yeah, was ad pro yeah okay yeah. and they quick the the, the um, equipment guy grabbed grabbed some grabbed some scissors and they just cut his uh <laughs> oh, Jesus. right off right <laughs> cut the, the logo bench. off yep yep yeah yeah mm-hmm. so you know Unfortunately for Albany, they had to send guys who could actually score to the locker room to take that spandex off really quick or whatever, mm. whatever the, 
the issue was because John Tavares was like, no, you guys don't want to listen to me. Now you have to listen because this is illegal. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something new for me to learn. It was a crazy game altogether, and that's just the cherry on top. Let's let's talk about the overtime. You know, just the whole 22 seconds. It felt like 10 seconds, if I'm being honest, just watching it on TV. When I saw Max yeah. Adler win that faceoff against one Key of the, the game top, right there against one of the top guys in the National Lacrosse League in terms of winning faceoffs, I knew this game is this game's over. The Bandits are not losing this game, and he no. just dumps it off to Kyle Buchanan, and he uses his speed. Fires it right over the shoulder, goes top shelf with it, boom, lights out, game is over. And, you know, just being there, it looked like there was a decent crowd. Well, as much as far as like Albany fans are concerned, but I did see the Bandit fans standing up in the front row as soon as they won that face off because it's almost like they knew the game was over. I don't know if you guys <clears throat> felt the same way, but just watching it on TV, I'm like, it's going to take a miracle gift from God for the Bandits to lose this game. That's right, <laughs> because after what we saw, too, um, being there personally and Joe and myself were saying to each other, they got to win this face off. Otherwise it could be the turnaround and Albany could have won the game the opposite way. But again, this is why we went out and signed Max Adler. Adler has been nonstop proving himself to be a bandit. Also in this uh, summer league, when they go into the PLL and the chaos, he's going to play with the same guys uh, going into that season. So Again, signing him and making him feel comfortable and welcome into this team of Buffalo, I guarantee you he's going to be re-signed for another few more years after that. Um, even though he only went 10 of 27, again, this is him trying to break that ice, trying to get himself in that comfort zone, and then maybe sooner or later we'll see him on the positive side of the faceoff wins. But again, he is proving that we just need, like my friend Joe said, uh, 30 to 40% faceoff wins. Other than that, I can't praise this guy enough. And the most important part is he was clutch in the right time. Like, yeah, he went 10 of yep. 27, but he got the face off when he absolutely had to. The most important one. Yep. And, you know, with them addressing it immediately after Toronto beat us because we can only win one face off, give credit where credit's due. JT, uh, Steve Dietrich, all the guys behind the scenes that are they're working their tails off to make sure that mm -hmm. this – team is moving at like a well-oiled machine it, it's That's incredible right. you know um as far as winning that face off in in overtime obviously huge i was honestly surprised i was watching with some friends at my house on espn plus and i was actually surprised i immediately stood up i was like they won the the face off and i was like oh where's the timeout because in past if we win the opening face off of overtime jt immediately calls the timeout and i i owe that to uh, Darius and Richie Kilgore, they would be the ones back in the day that right away, as soon as you win an overtime, you call a timeout, then you drop your mm -hmm. game plan and get to it. But he and must have done something right away. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he must mm -hmm. have felt confident with their little talk in between the end of regulation and the start of overtime to make sure that things were rolling. Our guys were ready. Adler won the face off and pretty much that's all she wrote, you know? Yeah, and basically how that play broke out after they won the faceoff. Chase Frazier is the first one that got into the zone and created that momentum shot that he hit it off the post. And when he did, Kyle got that rebound as soon as possible. Fake going short side, and he goes to the opposite corner to the left. And that's how they won the game. And unbelievable. It was like a perfect scene to end of the perfect movie. That was beautiful. Absolutely game planned beautifully by Johnny T.
Credit to you, sir, because this is why the team is so good. They listen, they learn, and they adapt to your style. And this is why you guys are so damn good this year. And it was also great to see a couple of box heads on the on the TV screen after the fact, too. <laughs> I mean, that was always was- awesome. And then you, yes, <laughs> did you guys hear the comments from uh, from Andy Towers in the broadcast booth? He's like, unfortunately, Bandit- no. He's like, Bandit fans really showed up and showed out tonight, and they absolutely <laughs> did. But uh. You know, I, even I really before wasn't... the opening face-off, they showed Tony uh, on the broadcast. Even before the opening face-off, right into the crowd, right to Tony. <laughs> that was great. Front and center. I'm starstruck already. Look at this guy. <laughs> but uh, you know, Andy Towers was great in the broadcast booth because he knows a lot of these guys, you know, that are in the band's organization because half of them play on one team in the summer leagues in the Premier Lacrosse League with the Chaos. And That's not right. to mention, I think we mentioned this on our last one, but to Hoka Nanakoke on Friday afternoon got signed by the PLL chaos, which is amazing for him soon to be rookie of the year in the national lacrosse league. Can't say that enough. Um, but Andy towers was great. And it was awesome to see him like give max at call max Adler by his nickname in the locker room, calling him maxi and ads and stuff like that. That was cool hmm. to see, um, especially being in the Albany play-by-play booth, but the announcer, the PA announcer, I, I was getting so sick and tired of listening to him, not going to lie, because there was one goal. Oh. They, they were telling – he was saying, well, Chase Frazier's foot was clearly in the goal crease or whatever oh, on, 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 the play, on the play where he jumped over the back of the crease. And I'm like, hmm. how is this guy even on the air right now? Like, we all have eyes. We all see that he didn't. Like, just – except the fact that he scored a goal. I don't know what uh, – Tony, you weren't there, but Kyle, you were watching ESPN Plus like me. Were you getting sick of this dude? Mm-hmm. Oh, I was I was done with it. I, I was screaming and yelling at the TV. The guys that are with me are like looking like, you're good, bud? I was like, how can he sit there and say clearly <laughs> in the crease? It was like it, day and night. Oh, my like, God. It, 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 it wasn't even close. Like, uh, yeah, close in the heat of the moment. You watch one replay and you knew he wasn't in there. He obviously mm-hmm. has a, a, a monitor in the booth. Why, why is he even saying that? Like, it was just bad. <laughs> and if the goal that Albany scored was inconclusive, how was that one conclusive of him stepping in the – it just doesn't make any logical sense. But, yeah, everyone on Facebook was complaining about the the announcer. But, I mean, I love Andy Towers. He's a great coach in the Premier, uh, Premier League lacrosse. He's amazing mm-hmm. with that. And, you know, he's always referring to Frazier as Frazier and then Danzy or whatever, the great Dane, he calls him that <laughs> up in the broadcast booth. That was great. Um, so, you know, he kind of kept his bias to himself. You know, he he gave credit to every time the Bandits score. He gave credit to every time Albany scored like they should if it's on the ESPN broadcast. But you'd love to see John Gertler up there once in a while getting the Bandits feed. You'd love to hear that once in a while. But I'm, I'm not really sure why that is. I think – Last week, we got the Rochester broadcast, and then this week, we got the Albany one. Um, but, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter because we – you know, Tony went home happy. We were we were happy the fact that they're 9-1 <laughs> now. And, uh, you know, just looking at, looking at the score sheet real quick, Tony, this one sticks out to me. Another positive about this game, because there aren't many negatives when it, during a back-and-forth game. It's just, you know, high-intensity, high pace. Mm-hmm. Not only was the penalty sheet pretty clear, but look who scored the first goal of the game 51 seconds in. Mr. Non-shoot first we've seen in 2022. You I know, Chris. Where did where did your shot go, Chris? Good things happen when you shoot the ball. He scores the first mm-hmm. goal of the friggin' night. So, yep. Under also, a minute, too. 
it's amazing to see Chris Cloutier get on the scoreboard. Um, you know, and Ian McKay as well, Josh Byrne. It was also, wasn't it kind of weird to see Jordan Durson score a goal against the Bandits? <laughs> yes, it oh, was. God. <laughs> Dirty. <laughs> Dirty Durson. He still got it. I don't care what people say. He's just got hands just almost as good as Tohoka's, but I got to say Tohoka's like out beating him by a mile. Because yes. I have never seen a lacrosse player so good with just hand-eye coordination like Tohoka is. And my God, he's going to be dangerous in the next few years. Tohoka's just, yeah. I, no, I think he's, I think he's just more agile. You know, he's more quick on his feet. I think he just has a better feel for the game. But you were going to say mm-hmm. something, Kyle? Yeah, he, he gets the dirty areas that a lot of guys don't like to get to. And, uh, nope. it, you know, you think of past Bandits players that would have been in that area would have been like Kevin Dosty or oh, right on. Um, Roger Weiss. Like, Bucktooth. Those guys, yeah, Bucktooth. I mean, those guys always got into those areas that no one really wanted to go. And, you know, they just – he gets there. And like you said, his agility is off the chart. And he's just able to, to – do incredible things inside. So. But the thing that I will give props for Jordan Durston, like he was never afraid to get whacked with a stick. Like he'd run in between three guys just to charge to the net, sort of like an old yeah. Delby Palace type of play. He used to, that guy used to get beat up and he used to get whacked all the time with a stick. But Durston is pretty much the same way. You can't deny the fact that he's a tough guy. He's a big body to place in front of the net. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about, you know, Tahoka and, you know, comparing them with Durston, they're two very different players, but they also, you know, they but they both have a, a very good feel for the game, um, for sure. And they can find the back of the net against their, you know, against their respective teams. And, you know, the third quarter, similar to, you know, the weirdness factor of the last time Buffalo played against Albany, this time mm-hmm. it was just one goal apiece. You know, two goals combined between the two teams in the third quarter was a very good defensive showdown in there. Um, sure. And then, obviously, 22 seconds into overtime, Kyle Buchanan from uh, from Chase Frazier. I'm kind of surprised that Adler didn't get credited with an assist. I think he, I think maybe he could have gotten a secondary assist because he's the one who kind of set that whole play up in general. If he doesn't win that faceoff, that doesn't happen. But uh, you know, I, I think I think generally they don't usually give the unless the faceoff man actually picks up the ball off the faceoff. I don't think they normally give the faceoff guy credit on goals like that. Yeah, right. pro- yeah, probably not. But um, you know, I think I would honestly just give him an assist just just for the hell of it because you know he's the one that really, you know, winning that face off. You got to have that clutch guy. If this was two weeks ago, or no, this was a month ago, I don't think the Bandits win this game because you're either throwing out Noseworthy or you're throwing out Frazier to take the face off, and I don't know, uh, going up. Who was it? Who did he go up against? Was it Thornburn? It was the other the other face off specialist. It was Nardella. Nardella, Joe Nardella. Yeah. And he's yeah, what? That second, was the one. Second in NLL for most faceoffs? No. He is the top guy right now. <sighs> and that's a huge going and winning that faceoff against the best in the NLL right now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it also with, helped that uh, Nardella took that five minute major at the end of the second quarter there. That, that, that was huge going in the halftime for us. Yes, it was. Very uncharacteristic from him, too. I never thought I'd see a five-minute. It's kind of like the whole Tahoka thing. Like, you never think he'd get a five-minute major. But, you know, that's that's the crazy sport of indoor lacrosse right there. Before we get into our player of the game, let's get into some of the three. Let's get into the three stars here. Let's go yeah. from three to one because it gets better once you go up in the, in the numbers. But let's just say yeah. three bandits slash former bandits made this list. Uh, yeah. Three stars of the game. Starting at star number three was Ryan Banesh with four goals, three assists, seven points, and a power play oh, goal. God. 
Of I God. mean, you could make the argument that you know he could he could have been the second star of the game, um, but the but the number two star was former Bandit Joey Rezatera. It's four goals, two assists, six points. Didn't have any power play goals, no shorthanded goals, but you know he's he tears us up every time he plays us. So you, you got to give him respect. Um, and then number one, Dane Smith, one of our players to watch for this week. Three mm-hmm. goals, five assists, eight points, and two power play goals. He's rightfully star number one. And if you wanted to, maybe you can give Kyle Buchanan a, a, a shot at the third overall or at the third star of the game because, you know, getting the game winner in overtime with that clutch factor. But I think these are pretty accurate. Yes, I would say uh, Kyle does, definitely deserves to be in the top three after scoring that game winner. But again, I mean, the league goes by points the most likely. So again, top three tier guys, especially all, all bandits or former bandits on that list. So again, what does that tell you? Buffalo is a big city to have the best players in the game. So again, hats off to Buffalo for the way how they were coached, how they were, uh, their game style is and the game plan. You can't really deny that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think they just did an amazing job, and they and they continue to, to do an amazing job. And you just you just love to see it from these guys. Uh, let's get into our player of the game. I'll, I think I can give it a give it a go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dane Smith had a great game. I think you know a lot of the players could have been given the given the orange belt that Tony's holding in his hand right now. <laughs> um, but if if I'm being completely honest, player of the game. <sighs> I'm going to give it to Kyle Buchanan, you know, overtime winner. Give it to um, Bucky. Very underrated in this uh, in this league as a whole. He got an assist on uh, on Chris Couture's first goal, so he was a playmaker right out of the gate, and he was a playmaker right at the end. So I'm going to give my player of the game to Kyle Buchanan. Bucky. Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, I would, I would have to go with Bucky, too. That shot in overtime is not easy. You're going trying far side, across the goaltender, tucking it into a corner. Yeah, I mean, it, w- without that effort, I mean, I, I, there were so many great guys going and, and playing hard. But, you know, it, yeah, I'd have to go with Bucky as well. I mean, he just it, – it's a hard shot to grab the rebound that quickly, too. He just walked past the defenders and just tucked it in past that goaltender. So, yeah, I'm going to go Bucky as well. Cat-like reflexes out of Kyle Buchanan. You got to love it. Uh, for me, guys, um, I'm going to throw this out of the limb here because, again, what tells you in overtime situations or in any situation that you need to score a critical goal, what leads to that first? I'm going to give the belt, and my go-to guy is to Max. Max Adler, because of the fact if you didn't win that face-off in overtime, that could have, like I said, could have set the tone the other way, and it could have been Albany's night. But, again, setting that moment and saying, I need to step up and I need to win this face-off. It's going to be key, and I got a feeling. If I do this, good things are going to happen, and look what did. Kyle Buchanan got the game-winning goal in overtime in 22 seconds. We end up staying uh, – we end up getting the game won, and we still stay on top of our division and staying at 9-1 and one at the moment. But, again, my God, that's – my player of the game is if you can't agree with that, I'm sorry, Bandits fans, but uh, you need guys like that. I mean, he's definitely an underrated hero, I think, going into this one. Like you said, if he's not out there, <clears throat> Bandits may not win that game because Rezu Terrence was out there, Banesh was out there. They knew how to get to the Bandits' weakness, and they sent all their top guys out there, as they rightfully should have in overtime. Uh, but 
I mean, extremely underrated. The dude has a 100% shooting percentage in the NLL. His first shot was a penalty Let's shot. So, Let's go. Like I told him last week, I said, Max, if you're listening to this, never take another shot attempt in the National Lacrosse League for the rest of your life. Just win faceoffs <laughs> and then get offs. So you can retire from the sport at a 100% shooting percentage. May have been one of the <laughs> players to ever do that. But, um, yeah, you know, he's definitely one of the key players of the game. And we want to ask you guys on Facebook who – are the key players of the game in your honest opinion? Because we want to hear from the fans. I, you know, Kyle and I went with went with Bucky Buchanan and Tony went with uh, Max Adler. One of you guys could have Dane Smith. You could have Matt Vince. We kind of want to hear what you guys think. Uh, don't be shy. Don't, don't be shy. Can I, add a, 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 can I add a runner up to the player of the game? Absolutely. Yeah, please do. Go ahead. Let, let's call it players of the game. And none of them either touch the floor at any time. Can we say Tony LaMonica and the Bandits <laughs> Mafia? You guys, seriously, between oh guys, my God. the week before the guys that went out to Rochester, you know, I used to travel. I've been to Philly. I've been to Chicago for games. I, you know, I've been to Toronto a number of times. You know, just being able to go and show the support of the team. I drove to Toronto in a snowstorm before to see wow. these guys perform. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, and they treated me because I was like one of the only people that could make it to the building from Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Kings, they, 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 you know, appreciated, they came out, they took pictures, they, everything, you know, just the fans getting there and supporting this team through every bit of travel issues. If there is any, I know there wasn't for these games, but like the fans just showing out, taking over buildings and showing everyone why Buffalo lacrosse and the Bandits are the top team. Hell yeah. Right on. I mean, right on. Like, just watching the ESPN Plus broadcast, as soon as they win the face-off, you see Bandit fans grabbing their coats that are on their chair. They know the game's <laughs> over. They knew that the game was over right then and there. They're like, they're going to win this game, and we're going to beat the traffic and get out of here. But, yeah, I definitely agree. The Bandits Mafia has been showing up for Rochester this year. Albany, if they could, they would have invaded Toronto. Uh, they weren't allowing fans in during that time. But you know, jumping off to that seven and was a seven and zero start, and that now they're at nine and six one. And and, six and zero, and they have a game in hand over uh, over Toronto, and they're still a game ahead. So that's really good. And uh, next week, the Bandits face, they actually host the Philadelphia Wings. That'll be my first time watching the Wings play live since they folded and then they then they came back. So it's going to be mm-hmm. my first time seeing them in quite a while. Um, so with that said, the Bandits' final score win this one 12-11 tw- uh, to 11 in overtime for the second mm-hmm. time this year they win it in OT. Uh, any final thoughts from either of you guys before we sign off? Kyle, please, you first, buddy. Uh, I, I think as long as we stick to our game plan and listen to coaching and uh, let it go going into this, this weekend, um, I, I would say, you know, it shouldn't be a problem. I mean, I think the wings are what they're, uh, what are they? Five and five and six right now. Yeah. Middle I, of the pack. I feel, like they, I feel like they should be maybe like a seven and four team. Maybe, our boy, like around, mm-hmm. our boy, Corey Smalls on that team now. And he's one of their yeah, top playmates. Really yeah. Yep. yep. Blaze Reardon's yep. on there too. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that. I don't think it will be a problem this weekend uh, coming up, but I, I mean, let's be careful. Let's get our job done. Let's go in there. Mm-hmm. Let's win battles, put the ball on the net. Never take it, any team lightly. It, yep, That's right, exactly. guys. You know, Every so time years, I've been on this. Yep. So many years I've seen, it, it goes for multiple Buffalo teams, but I feel yep. like when we, we played down to the competition if they're below us, 
you know, or we play up if they're above us. So guys that should be beating us, we play super good against them, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think I don't want to look past this and, and please stop me if you will, but the weekend against the Thunderbirds is going to be a weekend to, to die for. Like, it's going to be amazing. That's right. I, I, I do feel the Bandits will take this weekend against the Wings, and then they can look forward to the following games. Yeah, and basically it is. Just stay disciplined, stay out of the box as much as possible because good things do happen when you do. I understand at the heat of the moment, it may get under your skin, and you Sean may Evans. do – some goofy, pe- some goofy penalties, like, and I'm not to name pick with Nick Weiss when he got that unsportsmanlike after uh, that one bad call. Apparently, he didn't agree with the referees. But again, guys, we have to really kind of like shut our mouths, accept the fact they called us on a penalty, just get in the box, and then just take the two minutes. Don't get extra two. Don't get an extra five minute major. Just be calm, play the game. You guys are doing absolutely everything by the book. Just don't change nothing unless you have to and always follow John Tavares's tutelage. No, absolutely. Well said. I, I think they're going to beat, I think they're going to go into, you know, key bank center. This is the first game at home. I believe that's, you know, after the mass mandate. So it should be a packed house. No excuses folks. Get your tickets now. Let's exactly. fill the key bank center back to its prime. We need you guys back. So if we can get like 11, 12, 13,000 fans there, they're going to be so loud and Philly's not going to have a, a clue of you know what to do to, when they're going to draw up a game plan because they're going to have 13,000 bandits, bandit players in, in you know attendance going after their five guys mm-hmm. on the field. So it's gonna it should be an outnumbering between the bandits and the and the wings, and we should go on to ten and one. And we'll get into that more on the on the pregame show. But you know the bandits right now are nine and one, sore and high. Just keep the foot on the gas and and don't look back because don't look back. That's that's the worst thing you can do. That's what leads to falling apart down the road in the last you know whatever of the season. Um, but you know on behalf of myself, Trevor Howard, and, and across from me, Kyle Garrison, a special guest for his first time on the show on Banditland Boulevard, and of course Tony Lamonica, aka Boxhead ninety eight TL, signing off for now. This episode is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the easiest way to make a podcast. So listen to us on Spotify and Anchor. And with that said, as always, hashtag Let's go, let's go, let's go Bandits. bandits. Let's go.